Hey everybody, Steve Beecham here with another episode of A Beach Talk. And today I have my good friend Tom Vitale here. He's a Northwestern mutual sales extraordinaire kind of guy. And I want to bring in people that can give me some nuggets and give you some nuggets on how we can get better and, and learn how to sell things better, build relationships better, all those things that are important to me. And so Tom, thank you for being here. I You're appreciate welcome. you being here. And uh, I also want to do a thing where I uh, talk a little bit about whiskey. I've got a passion for whiskey and kind of spent some time trying to get my whiskey sommelier license. And um, But anyway, this is one of my favorite uh, bourbons, and it's called uh, uh, Jimmy Redcorn Bourbon. It's by High Wire Distillery down in Charleston, South Carolina. And what's unique about this is it's 100% corn. So most bourbons have about... 75 to 85% corn, and then they throw a little wheat, they throw a little rye in there. But this is 100% corn, it's kind of like a throwback. So what happened was there was this guy that discovered this corn that these moonshiners used to use down in the uh, lowlands of South Carolina, down around Charleston. And this lady whose husband was a moonshiner had saved a couple of ears of corn and this guy started learning how to regrow this corn. And it's called Jimmy Red Corn because the corn is red. Some of the stories are about, about that it was like slave corn, you know, like in the old days, you know, you had the yellow corn that you ate at the, at the house and then you had sort of the Indian looking corn that you fed to the hogs and all. And so the slaves would kind of steal that, that uh, uh, animal corn, they'd go back and make moonshine with it. Anyway, you go to Charleston, they got Jimmy Red Corn Grits, they got Jimmy Red Corn Pancakes, they got Jimmy Red Corn Cornbread. If you haven't tried the Jimmy Red Corn Bourbon, you are missing out. It's one of my favorites. So, Tom, I wanna, I wanna know, tell me a story about a customer or something that, that's, that's really uh, unique that's kinda changed how you focus, how you, how you approach stuff. Sure. I think, Steve, one of the, the big things that had a big impact on me when I first started is I felt like I needed to know everything there was about financial services. I need to know everything about insurance. I need to know everything about investments. I had to get my CLU, my CHFC. I'd get my CFP. Your product knowledge. Got it. Product knowledge, right? And then one day I was in rural South Carolina, not far from Lake Harwell. And I was referred to this farmer and we sat for about 45 minutes and I was explaining to him how insurance worked. And he just looked at me just kind of quietly. He said, you sure do have a lot of words. A lot of words. Yeah. He said, here's what I'd say. I think I got the gist of what you were trying to explain to me. So what you're saying is if I need it in the future, I should send it up ahead now. And that was it. I mean, it became so incredibly simple. And most of the techniques and most of the things that we do are fairly simple. The problem is they become more complex over time. So if we can build knowledge with clients over time, I think that's really critically important. And there are three things that I've learned about my clientele that's really important. Number one, I will not work with people unless they, uh, if they're willing to commit to these three things. And the first is they have to be coachable. 
If they're the smartest guy in the room and you're going to argue back and forth about this investment or that, this insurance or that, I don't want to. You're going to fire him? Yep. Done. You're done with it. Before we even start. You're not he's got to be. He's got to be able to listen to you what you be coachable. tell. Coachable. I mean, every athlete would tell you. Every athlete would tell you, and every coach would say, "Hey, if you're not coachable, we don't want you on our team." And I'm building the team. That's awesome. In addition, wow. number two, you've got to want a relationship. In today's world, relationships are kind of passe. People say, "Hey, I'll just buy on the internet." Okay, fine. My clients want a guy. They want the guy. I want to call Tom. I want to be able to call Tom at, on Saturday or Sunday. I want to be able to talk to him. I want him to give me good advice. He's my guy. And then lastly, and I think, you know, we're going to build a plan and we help clients build plans. And if you're unwilling to move forward and build a plan, then you're probably better off working with somebody else. And so you weren't always like that. No. No, I would try and I would try I would try and accept every opportunity I could. I say more now today than I ever did. 30 years in the business. I would rather say no on the front end than spend all this time trying to work so diligently to provide for someone who doesn't value what I have. So you can't grow if you can't let go. That's right. And so I mean, how do you go about finding who those people are though? Well, I ask for clients. When I ask clients, I'm like, tell me who would work well with me. Who are the kind of people I'd like to meet? You know me. Who do you think I'd match up well with? It would be very similar to having a friendship say, hey, you need to meet Billy. Billy's a great guy. Why is Billy a great guy? Well, I I work primarily with business owners. I work with people in the construction industry, and I, I teach them very complex financial um, ideas, but we teach them in very simple terms. Everything's a building block. We're going to learn today and we're going to build on that tomorrow. Eventually, we're going to get pretty sophisticated. The estate plan, all these things are a function of building blocks. You know, if we're going to build a house, we're going to build the foundation. And then once we get the foundation, then we're going to put up, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and put up all the other pieces of it but you got to start with a foundation and in the process of building that foundation that's where you build trust like a client said to me the other day under every rock is a snake he said that and i was fascinated i was just like wow that is interesting and basically what he was saying is i can't trust everybody i just can't trust everybody what's the fastest way to build trust is to promise and deliver that's it the best way to build trust is to promise and deliver. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you this information. I do it in, in my first meeting. I'm gonna send you this information. As soon as I get back to the office, I try and get it out immediately. I want it in their hands within a day or two. Hey, he said he was gonna do this, he did it. That's how you build trust. So my, my opinion on trust is, is that I, I build trust with people, I think the fastest when I make the conversation about them. Right. Because then they're going, okay, he's interested in me and what, and I am. I want to know more about you, right? Because sure. I, I can't help you if I don't know about you. So how, how do you go about digging deeper into that customer to learn as much as you can so that you set them up and do the right things for them? I mean, how well, do you do and that? I think, I think there's, there's, it's a process. It's not one meeting. It's, it's a process of, of trying to fully get deep. And it's hard. It's hard because we're all guarded. 
we're all guarded to some extent. We've always heard about the guy who took advantage of this person or the guy who took advantage of this person. So I think it's a, I think it's a process and it starts pretty basic. Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's why I, these three tenants are important to my practice. If you would like to move to the next level, let's schedule another meeting. I mean, you know, and then you give them the out. I give my clients the out all the time. Hey, you, you don't want to work with me? That's fine. Go, you know. So and do you see yourself as somebody trying to sell or do you see somebody that's there for the person that wants to buy? In other words, I, I view it that I want to be there to give you the information and then if you want to proceed, I want you to buy from me. Right. But I'm not trying to sell them down the road. But how do you see that? I think it, I think it comes from my upbringing. Both my parents were teachers and I feel like I'm a teacher. I think I'm teaching. You're a high-paid teacher. Yeah, a very high-paid teacher, right? <laughs> um, but I think, I think, I think, Beach. These are these are the problems with today. Is that no one's? They don't want to listen. Everybody wants to go to the school, you know, the YouTube school, and everybody. Oh, I saw it on YouTube, so it's true. I mean, it's like, look, I need to go through the process of understanding why, and I take time with clients, and nothing's a rush. Okay, because if it's a rush, there's a reason it's a rush. So let's take our time. Let's make great decisions. Let's continue to make great decisions over time. Planning is not expensive. What's expensive if you don't plan and and then stuff happens. Okay, so how do you know who you're going to talk to next week and next month? I mean, are you actively calling your current database and saying, who do I need to meet? Or do you have a prospecting formula or list or how do you do that how do you know i just like a perfect example is this morning we had breakfast with somebody at you know and um and i said i said you know so many good people who are the individuals and i don't care about their net worth i don't care the people if you were starting a business tomorrow you would ask for advice those are the people I want that's, to meet. That's a huge question. Those are the people I want to meet, you know? Yeah. And then another question with business owners, the best question I've ever, who do you write your biggest check to? Because that guy will take your call. Yeah, you darn right he will. <laughs> he will. He'll take your call because it's like, oh, that guy writes me a big check, you know? So, but you get that from the current person. You don't do anything yeah. that goes out and says, I do direct mail, I do yeah. online or Google, or I I build a list of who I want to meet. It's all about somebody else introducing you to somebody. But that's pretty much a life insurance kind of thing too, right? It is. It it has been. It has been since, since time began. It was always, hey, he's my guy. And as we've continued to develop, you know, we, we started in that life insurance world, Northwestern, kind of built that over time. And now in the financial services and in the investment management business, a lot has not changed. That personal referrals is huge. Hey, tell me about your guy. And they're like, I don't really like my guy. Well, you need to talk to my guy. He's a great guy. I go, I go fishing with him or I go hunting with him or he's the kind of guy that I like to spend time with or I drink bourbon with him, you know? So I think everybody has, everybody matches up well with different people. That's what's fascinating to me. And I tell the younger people all the time, look, when you first start out in this business, think of it as if you are on the plains in the West right? And your job is nothing more to corral horses. These horses are all out in the West. They're just running. They're wild horses. They're wild horses. Your job is to get 
500 horses in this corral. That's your job over the first five years. Once you get the horses in the corral, you'll realize, hey, you know what? I got a stallion in there. Hey, wait a minute. I got a couple mares that need to go off to the glue factory. I've got Wow, I got another stallion. Oh, I've got this one. And then over time, these you people call the herd. They'll be much more successful. But you cannot call the herd until you have 500 in your in the corral. Your job is nothing more. So early on, it's hey, every opportunity I have to seize. And then once you get to that point, then you start to call and you start to realize, hey, who do I work well with? Ask the question. You know, of my top 10 clients, what do they do? Where do they stay? Where do they go on vacation? You know, where do they recreate? You know, I love to play golf. I play golf with with piles of people. And it's so funny because they're like, well, what do you do? Hey, I need what you do. Can you call me? I'm like, this is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So if I ask somebody about you, what's your buzz? What are they going to tell me about you? What do you think they say about you? Um, I would say they gonna say like, like call, call my guy Tom. Tom. Then what's the next thing they're gonna say? He's just real people. Real and, people. It's just he'll help you. He will help you. He will help you through the process. Uh, he will help you through the process. He will walk you through this process. And what most people say is, I have saved far more money having you help me. And the way I explain it to clients all the time, I said, look, there are two things everybody wants. Everybody wants to be rich and everybody wants abs. abs. Nobody, yeah, <laughs> But nobody wants to do the work. My job is a trainer. I'm going to teach you and train you how to save money. And I'm going to teach you just like your trainer would Hey, you got to do your sit-ups. I know it's painful. I know there are months when you don't have money, but you got to continue to put money away. Why? We got to send it up ahead. Why? Because we might need it in the future, just like the farmer said. And that that had an enormous impact on me. And I, yes. I I get back to that a lot. Now, what do you do when somebody asks you a question and you go, "Because I'm at this point now where I where I realize I don't know everything." Yeah. And somebody will ask me something, and I'm now comfortable comfortable with saying, "You know, I don't know." Yeah. But I'm gonna go get you an answer. How do you handle that when somebody asks I you something? I think that's perfect. I think that's the that's how you build trust. Remember, let's get back to trust, right? What is trust? I'm saying what I'm going to do and I do it. The guy's giving you an opportunity to prove yourself. Hey, tell me about this. They're kind of stumping you. And you're saying, you know what? I don't really know that, but I know someone who does. Would it be okay if I get back to you? I mean, I've never had anybody say, no, it won't be okay. But then the key is you got to get back to them, get back to them quick. And what does that do? Establishes trust. I said I was going to do something. I did it. So think about it. That concept is, is re- there's reciprocity in that concept. Meaning yes. what I mean is, hey, I do this, you do this. Hey, so I do this. All you these do young this. guys, though, they worry about that. You know, it's the kind of thing I remember like somebody, they're like, I can't go out and sell because I don't have my business card yet. Right. I can't go out and sell because I don't know enough about the product. What would, what would you say to those young guys? I would say that there's always people in your organization that are more knowledgeable but are not good prospectors. Oh, that's great. Right? That's great. So, so you can always... Those are kind of the nerd posters yeah, of our business, and we're going to take advantage of that, right? We're going to always... You can always take somebody along, and they'll get half the case, right? So, so 
A good prospector is worth, I think a good prospector is worth 60% of the case because he got you in front of the person who could potentially buy That's awesome. So that's what I think. But, I mean, that's just 30 So you years. would bring that guy in and give you yeah. a piece of the deal? Sure. Because, just because he's a nerd in that particular subject? Yeah, exactly. Because here's what I was thought. You know, half of something's better than nothing. <laughs> and I can assure you, if I don't know, I'm going to screw it up. So... That's And I do a lot of joint work with a lot of the young people in our organization because I have time and I can build Because trust. you're the opposite. You have the knowledge and they got the customer and now they bring you in to help them close the deal. That's exactly right. And then when I close the deal, what I'm trying to say to these young guys, here's the benefit is that we're going to do it 50-50 and you're going to have a good experience and I'm going to help build that relationship with the client. I'm not going to be in this business forever and you're going to take that over. So if you're if you think you can do it, then do it, you know. But I tell you, I can pretty much I can tell you this. I think I can make my way, and I think I can in, increase the value of what we're doing over time just because I have the experience. That's all. So one of the things that I teach people is what I call painting better pictures. In other words, mm -hmm. you know, if I just tell you I'm a mortgage guy, that doesn't really leave you with anything. But if I if I say to you you know, they say, what do you do, Steve? I said, I'm a mortgage guy. Who's your favorite real estate agent, Tom? You know, and then your brain's spinning and you go, oh, that's Sally. She's my cousin or whatever. So I I think for me that, that that's a better way to leave with this other person a picture of what it is I'm looking for. Yeah. So how, what, what, are, what are pictures that you would leave with people or that you do leave with people that, that 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 makes them think of you when they see that picture or they see something going on. How, how do you do that? Well, I would say that that first one is, is business owners. Again, I, I know what I want. I mean, you know, um, I want a business owner who's 50 years old, who ten, who's in the construction industry, who has a successful business and generates revenue of X amount of dollars. I mean, you were very But I specific. wouldn't know how much he generated, but no, construction's but a good picture, construction's right? A like, good what picture. kind of construction? Well, it doesn't matter. So I've got, you know, you've got Brick mason, framer, sheetrock. Yeah. You've got subcontractors and generals. The best part about the generals is they know all the subs. The best part about the subs is they know all the generals. And they'll tell you which ones they want to work for and which ones they don't. This guy pays good. This guy doesn't pay good. Well, I'm not going to call on the guy that doesn't pay good. I'm going to call on the guy that pays good. So that's that's the problem. The problem is, is you don't even really need to know. You just got to find really good people. And I think there are connectors. There are people out there that they, they love the relationship that you and they have, and they want other people to have that relationship. And I think that's what salespeople are missing Tell, tell me today. more about that. That's salespeople are missing that today. I think salespeople are looking for the sale. They're looking for the opportunity as opposed to the investment. I think if you invest in people today and you grow great relationships, you'll get paid tenfold to the person who's wham bam thank you ma'am i just want a deal i got it done in the mortgage business perfect example you guys do you work so hard to do a great job and i've referred you number of people and the people always come back to me and said he's been great he's done so much work he's done so much due diligence things of that nature that's that's what i want i want my clients to have great experiences with with other advisors who are in that marketplace because that plays very well on on me you know i become the connector and i like that 
know. So that's huge, right? So that's I agree huge. with that. So the connector, so you love it when people call you and say, hey, I need an X. Yes. I need a whatever it is, right? Yes. Now, how do you database that? How do you keep that in, in, in your mind? Like for me, one of the things I teach is put that in your phone. And if I put Tom, if I've got you in my phone, I just don't have your name. I put what it is you do. I don't just put yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. I put life. I put financial. Anything yeah. that will remind me of you. How do you remember, oh, that guy I met, I need to hook Steve up with. You know, I, I'm I'm good. This morning is a perfect example. Um, I, I mean, I... I share the contact with them immediately. Just I try to do it as quick as possible because I'm fearful I'll forget. Right. <laughs> so you know, I'm like, hey, goes, can you send me that estate planning attorney? This was this morning. Yeah, yeah. Can you send me that? Yeah. Here he is. Jason. Boom. Done. I mean, okay, we're done with that. You know, you not, do it off your phone. You send immediately. Them. Immediately. Okay. Just hold on. Now, how you do know. you know if Jason got the referral though, or if he called him? You know, I don't. I don't know if he got the referral. Uh, oftentimes, though, I'll call them and just say, Check "Hey, I up. gave your I gave your name to so and so," and they'll say, if they're an attorney, they'll say, "Well, that's great. I'll wait for them to call." <laughs> and if they're anybody else, they'll say, "Hey, give me be a okay number if you give me a number." <laughs> That's exactly right. Why don't they get it? Why don't attorneys get it? They have this non-solicitation thing that was a hundred years ago. Is it like in the it's like, like somewhere it, in the Constitution? Yeah, it's, it's that's in their DNA. They can't they can't undo it. You know, it's pretty They're stuck funny. with it. <laughs> they are. So you know, I wrote a book on the tapes you play in your head and how you talk to yourself. And what I believe is high performers are having high performance conversations. So have you ever thought about? Are there certain things that you say like? You know, you go somewhere and somebody won't talk to you. Is there something you say to yourself to pep you up or you get a good sale or, you know, just, yeah. how do you, how do you talk to yourself? That's funny. I talk to myself every day. I mean, I well, have, I'm dying to know what you're saying. Well, it's interesting. I, I start the day off and I usually start off early and I'll work out like three days a week or whatever. And that, what that ends up doing is it, it's like, Hey, I rode the bike, I worked with my trainer, and I had a great day already. So I've already had a great day. Before you I even hit say the, that to yourself, yeah. I've had, oh, yeah. a, great had day. a great day. When I'm leaving the gym, I was like, you had a great day. And it's and it's 6 a.m. and I'm just leaving the gym and you're like, 6 a.m., you've had a great day. Yeah, well, no one can screw it up. But here's the thing that I've learned, and, and I learned this in our business because early on it was just Delay and disappointment are hallmarks of our business. They they are just, they'll eat you up. And what I would do is if I got a small opportunity, a sale, a new appointment made, something like that, I'd say, I've had a good day. And I'd just say it to myself, I had a good day. Because I moved the ball down the field, right? So it's not, it's not hey, I got a 70-yard touchdown play. I got it for you. I got a first down. I got a first down. So I would say that, and people say, how's your day going? Well, you know, my day was rough. I had this guy cancel. I had this. No, my day was good. Why? I worked out this morning. And I just would repeat that good thing. And I would do that day in, day out, day in, day out. People always said, you are way too positive for me. (laughs) I said, well, you know what? No one buys from anybody who's negative. Because what's sales? Sales is transfer of enthusiasm, right? Right. It's, it's, it's hey, I'm excited about they this. They feel your passion for it. That's it. 
That's it. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. So you, sales is transferred of enthusiasm. I think it is, yeah. 100%. I think it's a transfer of enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm excited about this. The enthusiasm is more important than the product knowledge. No question. That's no awesome. question. Think about it. An eager salesperson who comes and tries and says, hey, here's what I do. And the person's like, okay, but I don't really need that. But that's okay. Here's my card, and, and I want to follow up with you. Can I get some information? The guy gives him the information. Boom, he starts his database. He's off and running. But he doesn't know anything about the mortgage business. He doesn't know anything about the insurance business. It doesn't really matter. He's creating his database. Take that database over 200 days, over 10 years, and, I mean, he's bulletproof. He's bulletproof. So what do you say to yourself to upgrade the clientele that you're doing? You know what I'm saying? You move along through the process, and you. I've always thought, like, if I live in a $200,000 house, I'm comfortable doing mortgage with a $200,000 person. If I live right. in a $500,000 house, yeah. I kind of get a little more comfortable with five hundred. dollars But if a guy calls me for an $8 million house, I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure I'm in his in his in his field. It you took know, time to get gosh, there. You know what I'm saying? How do you deal with that? That's interesting. Um, it's um, But if I'm in a 500 and a guy calls me and he's in a 150 house, I'm like, I'm going to tell him what he needs to do. <laughs> That's exactly right. Have you ever... Yeah, upgrading. Does that make sense? We call it about upgrading. We call it upgrading because people have to have capacity, right? Right. To do what we do, they have to have capacity. But if you want to do loans in the country clubs, what we would say, you got to move into the country club, right? Sure. But how do, you, how do you deal with that internally about, I'm dealing with a big hit here how do you build your internal confidence to do I that? will say this um, I've got a lot of confidence and I don't feel that I mean we've got people that are over 800 million so you know I would say this I would say the thing that I've learned in this business over time is we're all so similar right just because somebody has a little more cabbage you know doesn't make them any different and what I found about our business is those horses in the corral, yeah. that stallion who's made a couple moves ends up becoming that guy. Yeah. And here's the, the rub. Sometimes those people say, well, he can't handle my stuff because he's a little guy. And, oh, no, I need a different kind of guy. So that's why the relationship thing is so key. You know, you've got to have that relationship with that individual. I don't think the answer to the question is as good as, hey, how do I upgrade? I just continue to ask for better and better people. But as I've aged in the business, I really want people that have depth, that have character, that have some of the things that I just absolutely, I don't want a guy who's an inch deep and a mile wide and has got millions of dollars. You really want a guy that's the kind of guy you want to invite over to your house for dinner. Correct. And you kind of guy that you want him to be I want your to get friend. Deep. He's yeah. not, this is not a business deal. This is a family deal. I feel like it is. I mean, and I'm, some I'm people can appreciate that and, and I'm not for everybody. And that's, that's the other piece. That's beautiful. And I think the other piece is, is I'm not for everybody. Just because I do mortgages doesn't mean I'm going to click with everybody. I mean, I might be really good with analytical people, but I might be even better with people who are maybe more blue collar, who've worked their ass off and created wealth over time. You know, those people are fascinating to me because they really want to take care of their families because they're the first generation. They've pulled themselves up from nothing and they're kicking ass and they're like, hey, I can make an impact on my family and my next family's future if I do good planning. 
those are the people. That's like. beautiful. That's so, a good customer for you. Yeah. All right. So let's let's wrap it up. Purpose. Why are you here? What drives What drives you to get up every morning to go out and do what you do? Like my my life purpose is I I want to help people get from where they are right now to where they want to go. Right. So I see that through the lens of guys in here, and I'm living in this house, and I want to move to this house, or. You know, I'm in this business and I want to get better at this business. And that's what inspires me. What What do you, what's your purpose? What's your life purpose? Not your passion, right. but purpose. Why would, are you here? What does it get done if you don't do it? Wow. You know, um, I, I have absolutely loved teaching people. I mean, I think that teaching piece of what we do is so incredibly powerful. There are a lot of people who didn't have great relationships with their parents. You know, they didn't have money talks. They didn't have, hey, here's what I got. Here's what you need to do. They didn't have that. And I think that when we can get involved with people and help make their lives better, both from, and we do it from a financial standpoint, but also from a friendship standpoint, I think if you, if you were to look at the career You've impacted so many people along the way, and they'll be impacted for long before after I'm gone because of all the insurance that we've put in force that may create wealth for generations and generations. You know, so I think, I think it's a bigger calling, you know. Um, Are I've, you cool with going and meeting with somebody? Can you get a high off of teaching them about what it is you know? And even if you don't get to sell, oh, you're yeah. still great about that? Oh, yeah. Because the know, teaching yeah. is, is the purpose. The teaching's the purpose. The, the product is really a tool. It's just a tool. You could be teaching math or you could be teaching science, but you're teaching financial, financial. services. Is, is, and, that's, that's, and I think that's where it's lost. Everybody wants GDC. Everybody wants to build this, this wealth management business because it creates enormous wealth for them and their family. And I continue to tell clients, my job is to be a steward of your resources. My job is to warehouse your capital. My job is to give it back to you. It's not mine, it's yours. So let's, let's work together and I could be your guide. You know, you like to hunt, uh, oh, I love yeah. to hunt, right? Yeah. I'll be your guide, I'll teach you and help you identify things that you don't see in the process. And if you wanna do it, great. And if you don't, it's okay because you wanna know something. It's your life, it's not mine. I've done the work, I've done the heavy lifting, I've done a lot of the planning, and all I can say is that at some point in time, I think all of us will be better off for having kind of gone through that process. That's just it. That's phenomenal, buddy. Thank you for being here. I mean, thank it's you, buddy. Been great. I just, I love that teaching thing. I mean, that's one of my things I tell people on purpose: is you're a coach, you're a teacher. Yeah. You know, I'm a helper. Yep. What is that at forty thousand feet? And then what is it about teaching that you like and all that? And you just you just you nailed it from where I'm sitting. So that was that was beautiful. So um, thank you for coming. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, our conversation with Tom tonight. I hope you picked up a few nuggets and uh, stay tuned. Another beach talk coming. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. <laughs>